May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God. Good morning, friends. As you know, the protests in our wonderful city have become a focal point of the national conflict between several radically distinct visions of the good society. We do not have to choose between them as their methods or mission may not align with our own. But given the magnitude of the primary issue of police brutality amidst a culture of racist violence and the certainty that the struggle for change is bound to be with us for years to come, we will at least have to choose where we stand among them, as many of our community are already doing to that end, I frankly acknowledge my limited experience in this area and my commitment to learn. There is, however, a foundation to build on and a path to follow as a first step toward a deeper engagement as well as a lifetime of experience. As people of faith, we are called to follow Jesus as the one who shows us how we can become capable of fulfilling our calling in this situation to be peacemakers and advocates for social justice. We are called to love our nation by first loving our neighbors. We are called to obey its laws and respect its traditions to the extent justice is served. When as a nation we fall short of justice, for all, we are called to protest peacefully, even at the risk of personal suffering, if need be. That is the tradition in which we stand. We are called to strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being with God's help. Our prayer life is our lifeline we will need to rely on the Holy Scriptures for wisdom and guidance, and we will need our sisters and brothers as companions. We need to be clear that the Christian ethos, embodied in the teaching and example of Jesus, ultimately supersedes any role or responsibilities that we may have as citizens. And we should be wary of religious authority serving partisan political interests. We should always be prepared to give an accounting of the hope that is in us. It seems to be the case that nearly everyone, regardless of their point of view, fear the worst in the days ahead, or perhaps even fan the flames to further their interests as they perceive it. The intertwined crises that have beset us are approaching biblical proportions. A day of reckoning is at hand. Whatever greatness our nation may rightly claim hangs in the balance as we struggle against a virus which attacks our bodies and a virus which strikes at our soul. What are we to do about COVID-19 but follow the guidelines that science and public policy prescribe for the benefit of the common good? What are we to do 
about the scourge of systemic racism that is emerging from the shadowlands, but enter a deep season of listening with an open heart and mind for our own complicity and the intention to make amends where we can and sacrifice where we must. It is indeed high time to awake out of sleep. Though I have tossed and turned for decades with a troubling sense that our American dream was on the verge of becoming a nightmare. There was a point in time when it seemed to me as a young man that everyone who was not a so-called straight white male felt they had reason to resent me for the sins of my fathers. I wondered whether or not they might be justified to some degree but I came to consider it the cross I would have to bear if I were to avoid descending into resentment myself. It has instead proved to be both liberating and healing to make common cause with those who love the ideals of our country enough to be willing to suffer for its failures while working to fulfill its promises. I wonder now whether the militant white males in our country came to the same decision point as I, but chose resentment over love of neighbor. I wonder if I have a clue about what it means to love our neighbor in America, except in platitudes. I am, after all, the 70-year-old guy who was still surprised to learn that his prototypical suburban hometown of Levittown, Pennsylvania, was part of the redlining conspiracy, and that my black schoolmates lived in Bristol Terrace and Bloomsdale Gardens because they had to, and not because they all liked living together. I worry about being that well-intended but ineffectual moderate white liberal who is averse to direct action unless there are guarantees of good order that Martin Luther King decried as dead weight on the road to freedom. I have a long way to go, but I have already come some distance, and from time to time I learned something too. At 14 years, I learned without a doubt that police brutality, civil government, patriotic zeal, and good old-time religion were capable of horrific racist alliances and delusional self-justification. I had been watching the civil rights marches in Selma and Birmingham on the, new the news with confused concern. Occasionally, while visiting a friend's home, I had brief exchanges with his mother, who had a penchant for listening to the hostile rants of the minister for breakaway Presbyterian sect on his very own radio station before the FCC shut it down for refusing to abide by the fairness code. One day while perusing some of the literature on their bookshelf, I heard a frequent theme one more time. Martin Luther King was a godless communist sympathizer and the claims about police brutality were all lies. I happened to be looking 
had one of the old-style annual almanacs with reviews of the year and pictures, and I showed one of them to her. It was of a black woman knocked to the ground and soaking wet from a fire hose blast with a white police officer's foot on her chest and a snarling German shepherd lunging within inches of her face. I asked, isn't this police brutality? She said, oh no, that picture has been doctored. Then she said, here is a book you need to read. It was a publication of the John Birch Society entitled The Enemy Within. I thumbed through it and concluded that there was indeed an enemy within, and they were the very people promoting the idea. Indeed, there is nothing new under the sun. So I had some experience, some images, and some concepts, but the raw, targeted brutality as policy and practice didn't really land with its full weight until I saw the videos day after day all around the country over the last few years. I saw people killed for behavior I used to manage in a senior center. It is an abomination, and we must separate the wheat from the chaff. I pray the spirit of truth loosens the chains of bigotry and willful ignorance which blind us to the deeds of darkness now haunting our days and nights. May the light of Christ reveal a better way, the way of Jesus, the way of love. Amen.